الحمد لله الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين ما بعد فعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قل يا إبادي الذين صرفوا على أنفسهم لا تقنتوا من رحمة الله إن الله يغفر الذنوب جميع جميعا إنه هو الغفور الرحيم صدق الله العلي العظيم My dear respected most honorable elders beloved brothers and sisters in Islam Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu First of all we begin by thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by glorifying and praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for enabling us with this unique opportunity to once again remem- to remember him, to glorify him, to praise him, to send salutations upon his messenger sallallahu alayhi wa And we pray that Allah azza wa jal will continue to facilitate such opportunities for us in the future insha'Allah ta'ala. Today insha'Allah I'm going to talk about a topic which um, simultaneously at the same time it's both the easiest thing for us to do and yet the most difficult. It's, uh, it's something that we find that we, if we tried to do it, or we strive to do it, it's one of the most simplest things that we can do. And yet at the same time, uh, we find it sometimes uh, the most hardest thing that we can ever do or accomplish. Now this thing is something that we encounter throughout our lives and it's, it's in fact the purpose of our creation. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informs us quite clearly and quite explicitly. The Prophet wasallam told us this, that the purpose of our creation is to what? To worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا We have not created man and jinn except that they worship. And the Mufassirin in the tafsir of this ayah have stated that this liya'budun to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in fact liya'rafun to know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to recognize Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that recognition comes from you establishing a relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the way in which you establish that relationship is to fulfill the reason why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created you. The Prophet sallallahu told us this. He said Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that if there was a community that he Allah azza wa jal had created that did not commit sin, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would wipe that community away, would kill off that community and create in its place a community who did commit sin who did err, who did uh, uh, transgress the boundaries and the limitations of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why? Just so that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala could forgive them when they sought his forgiveness. That's it. Because that's one thing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves to do. Inna Allah yuhibbu tawabina wa yuhibbu al-mutatahhireen. Indeed, Allah loves those who seek forgiveness and he loves those who, who, who keep themselves clean. One of the most, this is, what, this is the reason why seeking forgiveness is something that 
is is the is in fact the the uppermost and highest level of ubudiyah, of 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 servitude, of worship. Never is an individual closer to Allah subhanahu wa taala than when he is in the state of prostration. Never is a person more closer to Allah subhanahu wa taala when he is begging and crying for his forgiveness. That's us, us fulfilling our destiny, us fulfilling our pur- the purpose of our creation. We're going to err, uh, we're going to uh, neglect, we're going to forget, we're going to transgress. But yet, every time we do so, we can turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we can seek His forgiveness. And if our tawbah, if our seeking of forgiveness is sincere, then there is absolutely no doubt in the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive us. Now the word that I mentioned there was tawbah. Tawbah is a, an Arabic word which means to retreat or to return. And in essence what we're doing when we seek forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and when we seek tawbah is we're returning and retreating back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When we commit sin, what do we do? When we transgress Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's boundaries and limitations, what are we doing? We're moving further away from Him, aren't we? We're not moving closer to Him when we commit sin. We're moving further and further away from Him. And when we seek tawbah, every time we ask for forgiveness for, for the sins that we've accumulated, we're retreating back to Him, we're returning back to Allah Azza wa Jal. There are 66 verses of the Quran which mention the word tawbah in 66 different places and sometimes with different connotations. The verse that I'm going to mention to you is, is one which talks about sincere repentance. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, بَعْدِ عَوْذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ بِسْمِ اللَّهِ الرَّحْمَنِ الرَّحِيمِ يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا تُوبُوا إِلَى اللَّهِ تَوْبَةً نَسُوحًا O you who believe, and this is directly referencing who? The mu'mineen, the believers. Not anybody else, the people with iman in their hearts. Tubu Allah. Return and retreat back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. With what? Tawbatan nasuha. Not just a normal repentance, with a sincere repentance. With a heartfelt repentance. It's easy to say, Oh Allah, forgive me. It's easy to say, Oh Allah, I'm sorry. Shouldn't have done that. Forgive me. You, you, one of the worst things that we can do, you see, when you commit a crime, you, do, you, you wrong somebody on this earth, whether it be a family member, or a friend, a loved one, or even a stranger, and you wrong someone, and then you turn to repentance. You seek forgiveness from them. You say, I'm sorry. That person who you have wronged can quite easily tell whether that's uh, repentance or that seeking of forgiveness is sincere or not. Easily. If, if you've wronged me and then you say, I'm sorry, I will easily be able to tell whether you're actually or truly sorry by the way that you say sorry, how you react. Sometimes, Someone says, oh, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. He said, well, you're not sorry. You don't even mean. You don't mean that. 
Why? Because it's not sincere, it's not coming from within. Other times someone says, sorry. And you can tell that every fiber of their being is saying, I'm sorry, and is seeking forgiveness from you. So if we can tell, surely Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can tell far better than we can, whether our repentance is sincere or not. If in our hearts we're truly regretful, if we're truly sorry, Don't for one moment think, first and foremost, that me and you, there's nothing for us to seek forgiveness for. We're as pure as milk. We're white as we can be. In terms of our actions, there's no blemish on them. The Prophet ﷺ in a hadith reported by Sayyidina Anas ibn Malik radiallahu ta'ala an, he clarifies those misconceptions if anybody has them. كُلُّ ابْنِ آدَمَ خَطَّى Every son of Adam is a sinner. You're going to commit sins. You're going to transgress the boundaries and the limitations of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's a given that's going to happen. Accept it. وَخَيْرُ الْخَطَّائِنَ التَّوَّابُونَ but the best of those individuals who, uh, who, who sin are those who turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and retreat back to Him in repentance. They're the best of us. The first thing, and, and there's nine points that I mentioned, and inshallah if we have time very quickly, I'm going to go through as many of them as I can. The first thing that we have to understand when seeking repentance is that seeking forgiveness is... Is, is something that we have to believe is that seeking forgiveness is a habit of the righteous people. Nobody sought more forgiveness than the Prophet ﷺ. Nobody. And yet the Prophet ﷺ forgiven for him were his past and previous sins, his future sins, which means that he was sinless. He didn't transgress the boundaries and the limitations of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There was no reason for him to say, Oh Allah, forgive me. Because he didn't do anything wrong. That needed or that required his, his seeking of forgiveness, his tawbah from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And yet, look at the, the, uh, uh, the ahadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi Just a few of them I'm going to mention. There's a hadith reported by Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu ta'ala an that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam no, he, he reports that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam would say a hundred times in one gathering, Oh Allah, forgive me my sins and accept my repentance. For indeed, you are the one who accepts repentance and you're the most merciful. A hundred times in every gathering. The Prophet sallallahu would seek forgiveness. Sayyidina Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha states that before his death, the Prophet sallallahu used to frequently say, glorified be Allah and praise be to him. I seek forgiveness from Allah and turn to him in repentance. This is a hadith reported by Imam Bukhari and Imam Muslim. is muttafaq alayh. There's no doubt with regard to the authenticity of this narration. Sayyidina Abu Huraira radiallahu ta'ala an reports that I have never seen Anyone say, I seek forgiveness from Allah and turn to Him in repentance more frequently than the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Nobody would seek forgiveness from Allah more than the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Yet he's an individual who didn't need to seek forgiveness from Allah. 
His actions didn't warrant him seeking forgiveness because he didn't do anything wrong and yet he did so. Why did he do it? It was to serve as a reminder for us. Twofold in fact. The first reason is because the closest that an Abd is, is to his Rabb is when he's seeking forgiveness. And the Prophet ﷺ desires that proximity with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala more than anybody else. So that's the closest you can be to your Lord. And the second reason is to teach us that we must take every opportunity to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for forgiveness. Even when we feel like there's nothing that I've done wrong in order for me to ask Allah for forgiveness. We should still seek forgiveness because the Prophet didn't have a reason to seek forgiveness and yet he still did so. So irrespective of whether we feel like we've done something wrong or we've done something to warrant our repentance or to warrant a, a tawbah from Allah, we should still continue and strive to seek his repentance. The second thing, and that's the first thing, the second thing that we have to understand when seeking repentance and when seeking tawbah is we have to truly regret the sin that we've committed. We have to exert then all energy and all effort never to go anywhere near it again. You see, it's, it's, it goes back to the thing I mentioned at the beginning. When, when you've wronged someone, or when someone's wronged you and they say sorry, you can tell how sincere they are from the way that they apologize, from the tone of their apology, from their demeanor, whether they're apologetic or not. You can tell. Right? You can tell whether they truly regret. In exactly the same way, when we seek Allah's forgiveness, we have to regret. We have to feel ashamed of that sin that we committed. If we don't feel any regret, then there's abs our, our tawbah is worthless, it's pointless, it doesn't mean anything. Feeling regret is in fact the first step on that ladder to forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why? There's a hadith reported by Sayyidina uh, uh, Ibn Ma'qil radiallahu ta'ala. And he said, I entered with my father upon Sayyidina Abdullah radiallahu ta'ala. And this is Abdullah ibn Umar. And I heard him say that the, the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam used to say, Annadamu tawbah. That seeking forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, or sorry, having regret is the first step of seeking forgiveness. Having regret is in fact tawbah. Is in fact seeking forgiveness. And he repeated that three times. So that's the first step. We have to have regret in our heart for the actions that we've committed and the reason why we're seeking forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The third thing, we have to believe when we seek Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's forgiveness that he is the most forgiving and we have to hope in his mercy. You see, if, if, uh, if I knew that there's an individual who will never forgive me, who doesn't have the capacity to forgive, I'm not going to ask him for forgiveness. It's pointless. It's not going to happen. So when we turn to Allah and retreat to him in repentance, we have to believe he's merciful. By nature, he's merciful. We have to believe that he is truly going to forgive us. He loves to forgive. There's a verse of the Quran where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَرَحْمَتِي وَسِعَتْ كُلَّ شَيْءٍ And my mercy encompasses everything. 
There's a hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa where the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, لَمَّا قَضَى اللَّهُ الْخَلْقِ كَتَبَ عَلَىٰ كِتَابِهِ فَهُوَ إِنْدِهُ فَوْقَ الْعَرْشِ إِنَّ رَحْمَتِهِ غَلَبَتْ غَدَبِي The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa said, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decreed the creation, when he created the creation, he wrote in his book which is with him on the, on the throne, إِنَّ رَحْمَتِي غَلَبَتْ غَدَبِي That my, my rahma, my mercy overcomes or overpowers my anger. So seek it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, وَمَنْ يَعْمَلْ سُوءًا أَوْ يَظْلِمْ نَفْسَهُ ثُمَّ يَسْتَغْفِرِ اللَّهَ يَجِلِ اللَّهَ غَفُورُ الرَّحِيمًا That whoever does something wrong, whoever commits a misdeed, أَوْ يَظْلِمْ نَفْسَهُ or he uh, commits zulm upon himself. He transgresses upon himself. And how do we commit zulm upon ourselves? Whenever we commit a sin or do something wrong, we're not wronging Allah. We're not doing zulm upon Allah. We're doing zulm upon ourselves. So whenever we do so, ثُمَّ يَسْتَغْفِرِ Allah, And then he turns back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in repentance. Uh, he will find Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be the most forgiving and the most merciful. Then that verse of the Quran which I mentioned in my khutbah. One of the, this verse of the Quran is one that me and you should be in awe of. Because in this verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is directly referencing me and you. First he says, Qul. Whenever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Qul, O Muhammad, say, that means that something important is coming. Pay extra attention. Tell them to pay heed to this. That's what kul means. Kul doesn't mean tell them, you tell them. It means tell them to pay heed to this. Tell them to understand this. Tell them to appreciate this. Ya ibadi. Oh my servants. We're going to come back to this. Oh my servants. Alladhi nasrafu ala anfusihim. Those of you who have transgressed upon yourselves, and I've already stated that when we do something wrong and we commit a sin, do we transgress the limitate? Do we transgress upon Allah? Or do we transgress upon ourselves? We transgress upon ourselves. La taqnatu min rahmatillah. Don't ever despair of the mercy of Allah. Don't ever lose hope in the mercy of Allah. This is amazing. First, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is talking. To not those righteous servants who, whose sins are little and their repentance is a lot. He's referencing those individuals, telling the Prophet to tell those individuals whose sins are great but their repentance is small. Yet he's, re he's referring to them as my servants. So in such a beloved tone and such a beloved manner. Whenever you transgress upon yourselves, لا تقنطوا من رحمة الله Don't despair. Never lose hope in the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why? إن الله يغفر الذنوب جميعا Indeed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive all of your sins. Why? إنه هو الغفور الرحيم He is the most, indeed he is the most forgiving, he is the most merciful. This is something for us to ponder and to reflect on. That we continue, you see, if I wrong you, I continue to wrong you. Each and every time I do zulm upon you, eventually there's going to come a point when you're going to say, listen, enough with your apologies. 
You don't mean it. Because if you did, you would stop doing what you're doing. You stop behaving in this way and in this manner. You're going to get sick and tired of it. Yet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, no matter how much we sin, no matter how much we forget, we neglect. Every time we turn back to him in repentance, each and every time, it's as if he's forgiving us for the first time. That's how merciful in, by nature Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is. And this is something for us to reflect and for us to ponder over. There's a hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa Very quickly I'm going to go through it. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa said, O son of Adam, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, O son of Adam, as long as you call upon me and you hope in me, i.e. you hope in my mercy, I will forgive you despite whatever may have occurred from you, and I will not mind. When I'll, I'll forgive you and I will not care about what you have done. I will not hold what you have done against you. This is, you know, like when we seek forgiveness from someone and someone says, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, I'll forgive you, but I'm not going to forget. That's not true forgiveness. I'm going to forgive you, but I can't forget why by nature. I can't forget it. Well, that's not forgiveness. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala here is directly saying this. He's saying to us, you hope in me, you seek my forgiveness, you retreat towards me, I'll forgive you no matter what you have done and I won't hold it against you. It's as if what you have done is, is forgotten. The Prophet said that the one who seeks repentance is like the individual who didn't even, he didn't even commit the sin in the first place. He's wiped away. O oh, son of Adam, were your sins to reach the clouds in the sky and then you sought forgiveness from me, I would forgive you and I would not mind. I would not hold it against you. O oh, son of Adam, if you came to me with sins nearly as great as the earth, that they covered the entire surface of the earth, and then you met me without associating a partner with me, I would come to you with forgiveness nearly as great as that. This is how merciful Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is to us. He will not hold it against us. He will not constantly remind us that, look, I forgave you. Remember, I was so merciful towards you. No, he's beyond that. He doesn't need to have that egotistical nature that me and you as men and women, we have. He's beyond that. He's greater than that. And this is something for us to ponder and for us to reflect on. How merciful is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? How, uh, and, and, and how ungrateful are we? That we commit sins and we still don't have the decency to ask Allah for forgiveness. The fourth thing that we have to understand is that once we've sought repentance from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we have to recognize our sin. We have to admit that it's actually sinful in the first place, right? You see, if you're doing something wrong, if you're drinking alcohol, you're taking drugs. You're fornicating, you're committing adultery, you're doing something that is displeasing to Allah and His Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. You have to admit to yourself and know that what you're doing is wrong in the first place. Because if you don't feel it's wrong, you're not going to feel you have anything to, see, to seek forgiveness for. 
So the first thing that you have to do is to regret, to feel this which I've done, this action was wrong in the first place. And then you pinpoint the source of your sin. You go back to why you committed that sin in the first place. What led you to commit that sin? Was it because you were in an environment which promotes that? If so, then take yourself out of that environment. It's not enough to just say, Oh Allah, forgive me. Astaghfirullah. I seek Allah's forgiveness. And go, then go back into that same environment. Expecting better results. It's not going to happen. You have to strive. You have to, you have to exert all energy and all efforts to not go near it again. That's what true regret is supposed to feel like. Becoming indifferent to one's sins is extremely dangerous. When you, when you feel like, oh well, you know, I've got so many sins, but it's okay. It's not a problem. That's being indifferent to your sins. Listen to this hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So that uh, the Prophet, Prophet wasallam said that a believer, a mu'min, he sees and, and pay attention. A believer he sees his sins like a mountain. Right? And this mountain is directly on top of his head. This is a true righteous believer. This mountain is directly on top of his head. And he's fearing that at any moment this mountain is going to fall down and it's going to collapse on top of him. That's how he sees his, fin, his sins. So he's constantly looking over his shoulder. He's constantly afraid that his sins are going to destroy him. On the other hand, the Prophet ﷺ said that the wicked person, the evil individual, whose heart has become completely blackened due to his sins. You see, every time we commit sins, a, a dot, a black dot appears on our heart. And every time we seek forgiveness, that black dot is wiped away. And if we don't seek forgiveness, then our heart is blackened completely. That's the wicked person that is being referred to in this verse, in this hadith. That the wicked person, he sees his sins like a fly. And the fly, it flies in front of his nose and he swats it away like this. And the Prophet ﷺ indicated with his two fingers. That's how he sees his sins. Oh well, no problem. It's just a fly. He'll go. This is extremely important for us to understand that we have to feel it in our hearts. We have to seek forgiveness sincerely. We have to cry. You, you know, if you've wronged somebody, if it's a family member and we've got young brothers and sisters here, young brothers, you do something wrong and your parents or your father, your mother is displeased with you and you turn in repentance to your parents and you say, I'm sorry. Are you just going to say, I'm sorry? Happens. Get over it. It's life. You're not going to do that, are you? Because that's not sincere. Your parents will be able to, anybody will be able to tell. You're going to do whatever it takes for your parents to forgive you. <coughs> if you have to cry, you will cry. And it won't be forced. It will be natural. You will be crying because you feel remorse. You lament. You'll do whatever it takes to get that person to forgive you. So why when we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for forgiveness for our sins, we don't feel the same way? We don't feel like there are people who are sitting here today. I'll tell you this. I guarantee you, and I'm not going to tell you to put your, put your hands up. Just ask yourself this. There are people who are sitting here today who have never cried when asking Allah for forgiveness. <coughs> never. Never shed it here. 
This, this is why I said that seeking forgiveness is a sign of the righteous. Allah tells us in the Quran, the Prophet ﷺ told us. They were companions of the Prophet. <laughs> they were companions of the Prophet who sought forgiveness from Allah so much. They spent their entire lives crying because of the sins that they had accumulated. Seeking forgiveness for those sins. So much so that permanent marks appeared on their faces due to their tears. And there are individuals among us who have never shed a tear when asking Allah for forgiveness. Then how can we expect Allah to forgive us and to change ourselves? Or to bring about a change within us? You know, we have to strive to do that ourselves. Very quickly, the last few points. Know that once you've repented sincerely and you've exerted all efforts to never go near that sin again, know that if your repentance is sincere, know that Allah has forgiven you. Because that's one of the greatest deceptions of the shaitan. Know what he'll do? When you finally regret and you turn to Allah in repentance, the shaitan, first of all, he's going to try and stop you. Don't, don't seek forgiveness. Don't ask for forgiveness. You don't need to. But when you finally break away from the shaitan and you ask Allah for forgiveness and you cry, you lament, you feel remorse, then Allah, the shaitan will try a different tact. If he doesn't come from this side, he'll come from another side. He'll say, well, look, you've committed so many sins. You've done so much wrong. Allah will never, ever forgive you. There's no point because he's never going to forgive you. And then you feel, uh, you, you feel this way that, well, whatever I do is never going to work because it's true. I've, I've accumulated so much. How is Allah going to ever forgive me? That's the trick of the shaitan. When you repent, if your repentance is sincere and you're seeking of repentance, your tawbah is sincere, know Allah has forgiven you. Know that. Because every sincere repentance, Allah Azza wa Jal forgives. And He loves you. He loves you when you seek repentance. Indeed, Allah loves those who seek repentance and He loves those who keep themselves clean. The last two, last two points, uh, and I'm not going to go through the ahadith, you have to forgive to be forgiven. You see, uh, if you want Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive you and to shower His mercy and His affection upon you, then you have to in turn shower mercy and affection towards His creation. So when you're on that path to forgiveness, to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for forgiveness for the sins you've accumulated. How about you start by forgiving those people who have wronged you? Or, and seeking forgiveness from those who you have wronged on this planet. Then ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for forgiveness. And the last thing is that when you supplicate, when you make dua, ensure that you praise and send salutations upon the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Because the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has told us that every dua that we make, every supplication of ours is mahjoob, is veiled until you send salutations upon the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Then your dua becomes unveiled and it reaches its destination. So ensure that you, with every dua that you make, you cry, you lament if you have to. You, you, you're sincere in your repentance. You feel it in your heart. You feel that regret and that remorse. That's the only way you, you and I are going to be forgiven. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give me a new tawfiq and the ability to act upon the teachings of the Quran and the noble sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa akhiru da'wana. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.